What's going on, all you dads out there and all you moms? Welcome to the Fade You Podcast. This is episode 133. Thank you for checking us out. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, please tell your friends, like this on Twitter, subscribe to the pod, all that good stuff that helps us out, continue to grow and provide some good content for you guys. So a few housekeeping things before we dive into the latest episode. We are on Twitter at Fade You Sports. Make sure you're following us there. Also, click the link in our bio, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're hoping to add some more video content as we go. And then if you want, Chris Duke DeJenning plays from Hawaii on his honeymoon and other shenanigans like that. Check out the TikTok that is at Fade University, and we're looking to add to that as the summer goes on as well. My name is Matthew James. I'm on Twitter at MatthewJames78. Uh, fuck the goal with the Knights. Got to get that out of the way. And I'm joined on tonight's pod by a couple of dads, a few dads. We're, we're down one. Chris Duke is flying back from Hawaii, but we do have Joe and Neil and Kmart. So let's start with uh, Neil. You helped me test this out a little bit earlier. You got big Nelly Buckets on Twitter. Neil, how you been? Uh, good, dad. Just trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Um, you know, baseball always you know sort of sort of questionable you know first two weeks as you try to figure out and navigate your way and not knowing how the season is going to start and certainly we saw a little bit of that with you know shortened spring training a lot of reasons you know potentially why baseball has been a little wonky but all in all life is well glad to hear it we also have joe with us at joe underscore knows underscore 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 on twitter joe for a non-nba guy that is a pretty sweet fucking hat you are rocking there. That is a Warriors. It is the Chinese New Year um, Warriors hat from like three years ago. It's pretty awesome. I don't really give a shit about the NBA, but I saw the hat when I was up north visiting and I was like, eh, fuck it. I'll buy that thing. It looks cool. So rocking that hat right now. But yeah, I was just still recovering, man. The, the Our anteater dad was down here all weekend, so. Just kind of been a big uh, few days of drinking and just continuing it on right now. Never stop. Love to see it. And then coming to us from Arizona, Kmart underscore angles on Twitter. Kyle, how's uh, how's the desert? Man? We came back yesterday, but it was it was pretty good. I ran the Tillman run on Saturday and it felt like I was at the beach. It was perfect weather and then just came back and degen some NBA playoffs. So Saturday, I think, was the most basketball I've watched all year. and I got rewarded with some pretty good games. How was, uh, how was Chase Field? Did the, did the Diamondbacks put up more than one run for you? Yeah, they, uh, they ended up putting up five and losing in extras. So, you know, made it a game. They got up one nothing. The next thing you knew, they were down five to one and found a way to come crawling back, but not quite enough in the end. But Chase Field, really, really cool park. Um, went there with the wife, some friends from Scottsdale, and and the three month old, and she did all right. It was pretty cool taking her to her first sporting event. <laughs> nice. There you go. 
If you have not listened to our last episode yet, we had Ariel Epstein on and uh, she was a delight. It was a great pod. So that's episode 132. She talks about uh, her love for baseball, how she approaches props. It's really good. So if anybody hasn't listened to that one yet, uh, go back and do your homework uh, and, and make sure you're following Ariel. She's got tons of good stuff. And hair pieces. Hair pieces too, Matthew. Can't forget the hair pieces. Uh, we talked hair pieces a couple episodes ago, and then we brought it up with her on on that last pod, and, and that's great. Any uh, any updates to the top of the list, Joe, that you've seen? Dude, Corbin Burns. Has, yeah. I don't know if we brought him up, but oh my goodness gracious. Today, I uh, watched him pitch against the Giants, and I was just in awe of his 97 mile an hour cutter and the fucking flow out of the back of that hat was just orgasmic. It was amazing. And then, yeah, I saw Bo Bichette hit that uh, grand slam a few minutes ago and wow, that he was a top three pick for me. And wow, there's, there's no mistake there. He is a top three hair guy. Well, we'll look forward to adding to that as the season goes on. We got a long way to go in major league baseball. So this episode tonight, we're, we're kind of catching up ourselves. Uh, we had Ariel on the last pod, and uh, we have a, actually a couple more guests coming up. So we wanted to just sort of reconvene and talk about what we have been watching, what we've been betting. A lot going on in sports right now. This time of year, we have started the baseball season. We've got the NBA playoffs, got the uh, NHL season winding down. And oh, by the way, the NFL is, is going to come back into the spotlight this week with the draft and all of this craziness surrounding the draft. I guess let's start there. We do have uh, several Niners fans who are part of this podcast. And I want to just kind of go around and talk about what we think the fuck is going on with Debo Samuel, this situation, the ripple effects it might have on the draft and on the off season, kind of a wild story. Kyle, where do you think this came from? Dude, I have no idea where it came from. Came out of left field, uh, right in time for baseball. But I don't know, man. Love Debo when they drafted him. It's kind of annoying. I don't really know what's happening, to be honest. But I mean, I, I personally feel if the front office doesn't think they can get him to a long term deal, I'd say trade his ass on draft night. Like, don't let him sit out a year and then walk away. Just get something at this point, but I mean, I I, ho- I hope he's a Niner for life because he's just too damn good and he's fun to watch. <laughs> Dude, he can't man. He has zero leverage. That's the problem. Is so Debo, if he sits out, he's a restricted free agent next year, and they can just throw a franchise tag on him and make right. him play. There's literally he has no out here. He has zero leverage, and that's what I think. That's why I think it's so surprising that he's putting his foot down and doing this. So this is different from what Le'Veon Bell did, where Le'Veon sat out a year and was still an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, to my understanding, Debo, it's not like he's closer to unrestricted free agency, even if he were to sit out. So I think, Joe, you're right. Correct. And that he won't have an accrued year and he becomes a restricted free agent and he can't do shit about that. So it's it's bizarre, honestly, and especially because he like there's been rumors that he told Kyle like he was upset with his usage and he said hey I don't want to play running back anymore but it's like Debo you want to get paid and your best 
thing you do is run the fucking football, especially out of the backfield. How many of those like 20 yard runs that you have? And he's going to tell the coach that's not what he wants to do anymore. So you want to get paid more, but do the thing you're the best at or not do the thing you're best at. Cause you got to remember he's an okay receiver, but he, he, he was leading the NFL in drops for half the fucking year. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I'm, I'm more team friendly than, than player friendly, I guess. But um, I just think Debo has no leverage here and it's going to have to be worked out internally. Like they're going to have to figure it out. I mean, trade him. They're going to have to get a King's ransom because he has no leverage. I know they use him a lot more in the running back situation, but does he realize that the 49ers for decades have used receivers that way? Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Terrell Owens. Like, right, but he, he doesn't want but, to do that. I mean, I know, he doesn't I want know to get he hurt. gets 10 carries a game. Like, I get it. But if he, didn't, if he didn't like it, why did he come up with the term of wide back? That's what I was going to say. And that's the other thing, too. It makes no sense. Yeah. Because he, he really seemed to embrace it, right? Like, yeah. yeah. He has merch on his website that says wide back. And, like, the so easiest like, ball for him to catch is the quick pitch. That's one yard. Right. And, I, dude, I, I think there's a lot of, like, bullshit in the background, too, with, the, with his agent, who was also the agent for DK Metcalf, and then one other guy that's about to get paid. And I think he's just posturing because the first one that gets paid, what guess what's going to happen? And the one, the one following is going to get more money. So, I it's just yeah. it's an interesting situation, and I, I I don't know if it's Debo being told what to do by his agent or whatever, but yeah, it's weird. It's weird. He's just it's just I can't emphasize enough. He has zero leverage, and people keep forgetting that. What do you yeah. think, Neil? Is this just uh, is this just the natural? Thing that happens after the wide receiver market and contracts and extensions explodes this offseason it was just just kind of inevitable and Debo's sort of the, the highest profile malcontent right now I, I kind of I guess I kind of feel that way because you look at you know the highest two paid wide receivers right now in the game are guys who have just gotten traded and signed massive deals with their new teams, right? So you have Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams. So, and I think it just maybe those two guys setting this precedent, right? Because he, Debo's not the only one, right? There's talks about AJ Brown is in the same case. And, you know, I think we already talked about, um, Seattle DK with DK, right? Justin Jefferson. And, and it's going to be Justin Jefferson around in a couple of years, right? But Justin Jefferson, he only finished his second year here, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think maybe, you know, maybe it's a, a precedent that Tyreek and Devontae have set by getting traded and, you know, signing massive well, deals. That's ends up, that, that's what they end up taking. Well, I don't even know if it was necessarily them. Like, uh, it feels that Trent Bulky still found a way to fuck the Niners in Jacksonville <laughs> with Christian Kirk's deal. Like, I feel like that's what truly broke the NFL. Yeah. And I think Debo, and I think Debo thinks he's Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill, but he's not. Those guys have been all pros for three, four, five years in a row and not hurt and played every game and fucking done all this. And Debo's done it for a year and a half. Yeah. Cause he was still injured last year. Like, yeah, he played half the season. He missed two games last year. You still put up phenomenal numbers. I feel like he missed more, but still put up phenomenal right. numbers. But his sophomore year, 
I don't know. Like it's, I'd say kid, prove it, <laughs> prove it, prove it in your fourth year. Right. That's well, what, so I mean, I mean, that's the whole point of these rookie contracts, man. Like you signed it, play through it. If you don't like it, go work a sales job. But I just, I, I no, and I get it from Devo's perspective too, because he wants to maximize his income, right? Like the difference between him getting 25 million and 19 million at 6 million fucking dollars, life-changing money. And yeah. if he goes out there and plays running back and fucks his shit up next year, and then he's going to get a $10 million contract the following year. So it's, it's a tough situation because you got to toe that line of what, what are you willing to, to play and practice and risk your health versus accruing a year and fucking getting the most money possible. But yeah, and it's an interesting like situation. You, right. To Bill's point, like you need to sign, like I get, I kind of get where he's coming from where he, you need to sign that second contract, right? Like your rookie deal, you're making like five mil a year. No, not even. I think he's making three not or something like that. Like, right? Four, he's four. Three. Right. So you need to get to that point healthy where you can sign that, you know, Hopkins, Tyree Kill type of deal where, you know, you can guarantee yourself, you know, 40 or $50 million on your contract. So I, I kind of get where he's coming from being this, you know, playing both roles as wide receiver and running back and taking the hits, but he's no different than any running back that's out there. You know, any rookie running back right now, he's not, he's not getting hit any more than they are. So I, I don't know. It's a tough situation. You know what also changed. He's, he's a new father. So, you know, what Joe was saying, if he gets injured, you know, that could be, you know, a big reason too. Who knows? Yeah, well, the, I mean, the thing that makes the most sense to me would be uh, like Carolina trading for him, something like that. Maybe the Jets. I think he wants to go back to the uh, the South or closer to Carolina where he grew up. And, I get that. And well, the taxes, the taxes in California, man, that is insanity. Yeah, but if you're a multi-million, I mean, I don't know. I just, these guys think that he thinks he's established himself as the most important player on the team, which. I mean, he did for one year. Probably, probably fair. And I mean, these young wide receivers passing has never been more important. And these guys see, and Joe, you talked about, he's not Devonta Adams. He's not Tyreek Hill. Well, in his mind, he is, and he's proven he can be that. And, I mean, he carried them to the conference championship game. So, oh yeah, I don't know, man. I mean. Carried us in, in the Green Bay game. Who carried them? The defense. Well, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, but without Debo, they don't. Sense, but, yeah. yeah, they – Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, just feel can't, like – can't – yeah. The young receivers, like Neil, you mentioned Jefferson and Ch- like, I mean, this is going to continue happening as long as young wide receivers are dominating the league by the time they're 25. It's there's going to be a shift where these guys are going to be like, you can't make me the centerpiece of your offense and not commit to me long term. It's just there's too much risk in football. Right. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I mean, what do you, Joe, do you think they trade him? Before the draft, do you think he gets traded? He doesn't get traded before. Um, the I thought I was leaning towards yes, they trade him until the John Lynch 
press conference today when he was like, oh, man, I'm not talking about the Debo thing, but I do not see a world where we trade him. And I'm like, dude, okay. that, that dude's well, balls will, don't need to get washed for months. I mean, that was some serious ball washing by uh, by John Lynch. I mean, like a bro. I mean, yeah. he really got down there and, you know. So, Kyle, you think, no, yeah. he doesn't get traded? Well, like, there's no way in hell they would trade him before like during the draft is the only time they would trade them because they would, they would want to know who they're getting with what pick because it's a deep receiver draft. So if they do take 10, which I don't think just taking 10 is enough, but no. 10 who's there. I mean, chances are most of them are going to be there, but you know, you can't, you can't pull the trigger before draft night. There's no way in hell. It would piss it piss me off for sure. Oh, this is gonna be crazy. Yeah, it's a wild story. And then you had the curveball today where now it's Green Bay talking to the Raiders about Waller. There's all these yeah. I mean, if you if you like rumors and you like just clickbait, like this is uh this is a good week for you. As far as the rest of the draft goes, I mean it's kind of lackluster, right? Like no, the whole narrative is that nobody thinks these quarterbacks are any good. And everyone says none of these guys should even be first round picks, even though inevitably some of them will be, because that's just the way that NFL teams view quarterbacks. Is there anything exciting, Kyle, you mentioned the wide receivers. Is there anything else exciting about this draft betting this draft? I mean, for me, it's the receivers, mainly Drake London. That's all I really care about. And I, I know there's some good offensive linemen. So it's of like scouting and getting ready to bet next season. It's interesting where some of these linemen will go, but I mean, I don't, I don't really care. I, I usually watch the first 10, 15 picks and then I turn it off. Joe, let me, yeah. here's a prop for you or go ahead, Neil. No, and I was just gonna, I was just going to kind of follow up to to you know Kmart's point where you know I really don't see any player in this draft really probably making any notable difference for their team. You know, Kyle's talking about the wide receivers, and they are you know at least to me and I think to most people the most exciting pieces in all this. Um, where you know Garrett Wilson and Olave and Drake London go. But most likely, you know, if they wind up on, you know, a Houston Texans or something, it's not going to matter. You know, it's not going to matter. Um, you can't overcome, you know, shitty quarterback play. So um, it it is interesting. I'm with Kyle. Like, depending on where wide receivers fall, it's interesting that, like, Drake London is just a different type of wide receiver than Wilson or than Olave, right? He's just that bigger guy. So if you're looking like the, if you get down to, I don't think they get down to like Philadelphia, but if you get down to like Washington at 10, like McLaurin's six foot, right? So are you really just going to go out and get Wilson as another six foot wide receiver? Or are you going to go for the six four Drake London and try to pair him up on the other side of the ball with Wentz? Like, I kind of feel like that's the spot. And maybe, you know, I was looking at that and I sort of saw a little bit of value in Drake London at plus one. I think it was plus 190 to be the first wide receiver taken. Um, that one kind of interests me just because the, of the teams that could go for a wide receiver, you know, 
and especially to take it with the first round pick, I kind of feel like you may go Drake London just for size comparison versus what some of the teams already have. See if teams may fall in love with that big body. I heard people say, yeah, it's not necessarily Garrett Wilson locked to be first receiver. It could be Olave for all. I mean, I think people probably think that Wilson's a better receiver, but Olave's got the speed. So it's, and, and now they're talking about a couple other guys. So, yeah, I mean, nobody knows anything. This is just a, a crapshoot, especially with the quarterback uncertainty, like how early a receiver is going to go. Would you guys say under three and a half first round QBs might be a good bet? I think that's kind of what the number is. We can't bet that, but I think that's kind of what the number is at. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're saying, oh, yeah. It's probably not going to be a first rounder. Oh, well, so there I- will be. I mean, somebody will, somebody will take a shot on Willis or, Pickett or one of those guys, but I don't know if it'll be very early. So different kind of draft for sure. Uh, Joe, here's a prop for you, sort of related to college. Uh, what would you set the the over under at for between Neil and Kyle boners during the USC spring game the other day? How many are total directions? Uh, um, I actually caught the majority of that. I was at a bar in Palm Springs and had it on. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll watch these fucking this shitty ass football program play that's going to get beat by Fresno State in the first quarter of the year. But it's, you know, I would set that over under at at least uh, 20 inches. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, man, they went all out. Cause so I was out kind of, Kyle is actually out with Sam. Uh, we were in Costa Mesa hopping around to some breweries and, that thing was showcase game on ESPN, and and they really pimped that out oh for uh, for Lincoln. God, I was sick watching it. It was like, whoa! This, this, these fucking guys think this is professional sports. Yeah, like the, yeah. the hype. The hype is pretty crazy right now. Um, I was texting my dad yesterday about it when I got back, and it, it's kind of what we talked about. I think at the first pod after the signing of Riley. I mean, the hype it's, it's fun, but who knows, you know, my dad and I still think their defense is a big, big question mark. They're going to put up points, but they might still be losing games 45 and 42. Like, so that's, that's the concern. It's not the offense. It's the defense. Yeah. Cause Jake Hayner is going to go out there and throw up fucking 500 yards and five touchdowns on that dog shit defense it's gonna be awesome <laughs> uh speaking of Lincoln O'Reilly kind of loosely did anybody see the Baker statue at OU yes idiot <laughs> that is some funny funny shit right there yeah um wow all right let's switch gears a little bit um that's NFL draft that's coming up in a few days we're recording this on Monday the 25th Baseball, NBA, what are we watching? And are we liking what we're watching? I'm not liking I'm watching baseball, but I'm not liking it. It's fucking been horrible for me. Every like I'm usually like my fade pitchers aren't getting aren't working. And all like I feel like there's a lot of square plays that are winning, and it's frustrating as somebody that's doing the exact opposite. Like we were with Carson on Friday night and uh uh, fuck, I think it was the Diamondbacks game. The money was 95% bets and tickets on the other team. And I was like, dude, we're taking the Diamondbacks. Like, we're, I don't give a fuck. And 
yeah, they, they lose. But it's just, yeah, I feel like it's been pretty square thus far, at least from what I've seen. And, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't know. It's been a bad start to the baseball season. What about the unders dominate? I'm looking at scores right now. I see one game has gone over. Now, it's a travel day for some teams. There's only, I think, seven games today. But it looks like unders might go six and one today. What's going on with this? Why aren't Neil? Why aren't we scoring any runs? I mean, I think you can probably toss out a a dozen different reasons from the ball, from lack of spring training to the colds, you know, sort of all the sort of early season narratives, you know, with some added ones um, that you can probably throw out there. But, you know, what what sort of and we talked about it right before we hopped on here, you know, sort of what's interesting to me is we saw it a lot, Matt, and you'll remember like once we, once they talked about all the sticky stuff last year and that kind of went away halfway through, we saw pitchers just completely lose their sense of where the strike zone was and walks were walks and hit by pitch hit batters were just like dominating in games. So you'd have, you know, games that had nine runs and had 10 hits in them because they were just walk, walk, home run. Um, it's kind of been similar, right? Don't you feel so far this year? And we, you know, a couple examples, you know, the angel game yesterday, they had six runs off of two hits in the first inning. Um, you're, you're just, you're still not seeing hits. Um, you're seeing a lot of walks. And then with that, I think I don't, but I don't think strikeouts are being crazy. Like the, the highest number for a strikeout prop that I think I saw was I think today with Corbin Burns, and I think he was logged in at eight and a half um, projected Ks today. I don't know where he ended. I, I saw him. He got he had eight at one point. Um, but you're not seeing like a dominant number of Ks considering where, you know, what some of the lines and stuff, Matt, that we saw at the beginning of last year, which were just like crazy. Nine and a half. Yeah. Nine and a half. Yeah. Garrett Cole's pitching nine and a half. Set the number and walk away. Yeah, Burns at 11 today, but one 11. pitcher that's um, Carlos Rodon. What's his going to be tomorrow? Probably eight and a half, maybe more. Well, Joe, how about, how, about, how about Nestor? <laughs> Ariel's oh, yeah, boy. Nestor. Nestor, <laughs> Nestor's been pulling yeah. his cock out early on. Nestor has been pulling his cock out for sure. I mean, Otani's had a billion of them too. But yeah, I actually looked at my MLB records on as bad as I thought. I'm 55 and 50 for plus 1.5 units. <laughs> Look at hey, how's that all? It's ROI? not down. <laughs> it's not down. Um, <laughs> right. Kyle, how about you? What do you What do you been betting? Dodger run lines. I mean, the best lineup in the history of baseball. How's that going so far? I mean, I've been doing a lot of spot NBA recently, finding success with that. Um, probably losing way too much money following other people and just thinking they know I'm, I'm just, I, I'm going to literally write 10 rules down tomorrow. And I think number one is going to be from our boy, Dave, nobody knows shit. Stop following so-called experts blindly. Like if uh, I got to have some rhyme, rhyme or reason to go on it, not just be like, Oh, I trust you. Okay. You do well. So uh, that's been fun the last two weeks when I said I was going to slow it down is to lose my lunch. 
when I feel like I've been doing pretty well. Um, Dodgers run line, I think I've done it three times, 3-0. and uh, The no-run first inning's kind of fun every now and then. Um, just, I mean, Neil, you know me, first first team to score 10 or 15 is kind of like the new baseball one for me uh-huh. since, you know, that seems to be big now. So, you know, just things things of that nature are a lot of fun. But I'm kind of looking at more spot NBA, I think, until – playoffs run its course yeah I don't know what else there really is on baseball I mean some of the usual suspects are off to to good starts um I think the, is, is the Rockies who have been kind of surprising is that one yeah. I think I read Joe Neil is that right that the Rockies yeah, have Rockies. maybe been the most profitable team so far I mean, they lost today but still um yeah. pretty decent. Rockies have been six yeah They've been to East, yeah, and the Mets being as hot as they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, how yeah, about – um? yeah, go ahead. Cincy being complete scum has been very disappointing. Oh They're 3-13. and 13. I think I've fired them at least five or six times and lost every fucking one. So well, and not only did they lose – didn't they lose like 11 run lines in a row too? They can't even lose by yeah. – they can't even lose by one. Yeah, yeah and they Jeez. went – um, fuck, there was a team that started the season 0-11 uh, or 11-0 uh, on unders. I can't remember. Was it Cincy? I can't even remember. But, yeah, there was one. I, fuck, I can't. I, maybe it was the Orioles. I can't remember who it was. But, yeah, just the other day I saw a tweet that they started the season 0-11 <laughs> to the over. I think it was, it was the Orioles. Pretty epic. Yeah, it was yeah. the Orioles, I think. And then they finally hit that over again in the series against the Angels. They hit an over. Speaking one, of the Angels and that bait line, Angels up 3 nothing, bottom of seventh. One, one other Eight. thing I'm having fun betting on is a parlay of the Dodgers and Giants just because, I don't know, <laughs> too easy to not, not do it. So that What kind of – I mean, you got to be laying juice, right, on a two-teamer? No, no. I mean, no, usually, dude. usually I'm getting like plus 150 even. I think one time I did a run line in there. But I've even I've even thrown the Mets in there a couple times. Um, but yeah, I've, I've done a lot of two teamers between them. You know, for plus money, Mets have been good to throw in there a couple times, and then I've just kind of for shits and giggles. Like I just missed a fifty dollar the other day, and I think the only loss was the Hawks yesterday. And at fifty bucks, would have turned out like thirteen hundred. Oh so, shit! Oh I was my like, god! In hedge, disgusting. No. I could I couldn't because the last the last leg was the Pelicans, so there's no hedge. You know, it wasn't the last game, unfortunately. And I was holding out hope that Trey Young would lead them back, but oh well. So how about the NBA? Um, so Neil, our uh, our boy Carl, I, I loved. Did you see the mission accomplished tweet? Yeah, yeah. Wait, that was. <laughs> With Bush, mission accomplished, yeah. amazing. So the Nets get swept. Um, I mean, is it? It's got to be good, right? They're they're the they're the villain in, in all this. No one wants the, No one wants them to win. But is it almost a little like? Did we need them around for a little while longer just to play this role? Because I'm having this kind of similar crisis with the Vegas Golden Knights right now. Like they're so hateable which makes them great to have around. So without the Nets, I mean, do we lose a little bit in this NBA? Because it's, 
it was a compelling matchup with the Celtics drawing this like supposed super team and then to just sweep them out. No problem. I don't know. Are we going to miss having the nets around? I guess. I don't think so because I would say, I think the satisfaction of the nets getting swept, which is, is like deeply satisfying to be clear. A hundred percent. The fact that they got swept and it wasn't like it to me, it's either get swept or, you know, lose it in this may have this be a seven game series. And I don't think anyone thought it was going to be a seven game series once it went three Oh. So I think the satisfaction of it just getting them out of the way um, is fine. And this isn't like an Easter. Like I would say if it was, if the Eastern conference was going like opposite of what it is, but like the 76ers are still really interesting. Obviously Boston is very interesting. Um, Milwaukee's going to be there and interesting. Like there still are very interesting teams in the East to where it's not like, okay, there's nothing to watch the rest of, you know, the next two rounds of the Eastern conference. Like there, there's still going to be good matchup. And I think the Eastern conference finals will still be a really good finals, you know, with or without the nets. Um, so no, I I'm, I'm fine with it. Let's go ahead and sweep them. No, no, no nets, no Lakers. Carl Haskell mission accomplished. That was his, that was his two teams. I mean, everybody clowned on the Lakers for missing the playoffs, which is hilarious in and of itself. But I mean, for the Nets to make it and then get swept, it's almost worse, right? Hey, they Kyle, almost won game one, dude. Yeah, it's yeah they a had. A, they almost. Yeah, it's a fan. It's worse, but like. Kids going crazy. She's she's not happy apparently, but she wants she's not happy the Nets got swept. No, not at all. She loves the Durantula, I guess. Um, <laughs> I used to. But but no, I mean it's gotta be disheartening to get swept by the Celtics, I would think. But I mean it it looks like Celtics Warriors is gonna be an NBA finals. That because I, I I'm I still think the Pelicans are gonna take out the Suns. I just think they match up so well without Booker. And the Pelicans are the exact same team that the Suns were two years ago. They have all the young talent. And it's, I, I hope they come through and, and beat it, beat them. That's what I'm cheering for. And I also love Brandon Ingram. I mean, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, but the first round of the NBA playoffs is notorious for being kind of a dud where you get multiple sweeps. And you have some of the high seeds just roll, but we've had some really interesting it looks twists like and it turns that yeah. way. Now all of a sudden the Raptors are battling themselves back in it. Um, I don't know what's going on in the Mavs game tonight, but that's another one. That's that's probably going seven. So yeah, no, it's there's I think we said it a lot of times. There's parody in the NBA for the first time in a very, very long time. Which is hilarious because the two favorites to win the title going into the season want to yeah. combine zero playoff games. So that's just because everybody, LeBron James, like, yep. you know, yeah, speaking of ball washing, ego. yeah, yeah, his massive ego. Um, and then, you know, oh, getting, I'm, dude, I'm so, I'm, I'm still so pissed. Like, I'd probably be more pissed if the Lakers didn't have LeBron James, but the fact they could have and should have had DeMar DeRozan. That's probably going to haunt me for, I don't know, 
six years. Yeah, you wanted him for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. I probably wanted that guy, I mean, ever since he, you know, was a Trojan, but whatever. So the uh, there was a tweet after the net sweep. I want your take on this, Neil, that the um, the Durant, Kyrie Irving Nets so far have won uh, one playoff game or one playoff series. Uh, and the people are talking about it, this could be the biggest super team fail ever. If, you know, if they don't get it together and surround these, you know, maybe a better coach. Um, and he says, ironically, the uh, the Steve Nash, Dwight Howard Lakers are, are also that was a team on the cover of Sports Illustrated put together to win. Uh, and did they make the playoffs? They, they made the playoffs, right? And then were yeah, they, they swept by the Spurs? By the Spurs, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. So, I mean, what do you think? Can you think of another supposed super team that has just kind of flunked out harder than these guys so far? Well, I think you have to put, right, and again, betting for betting purposes, you would have to put this year's Lakers team sort of in a similar block um, just for what was put together. But, no, I mean, no, I, I – other than the fact that you could have said like Kyrie Irving is just a head case and it wasn't going to work because the guy was just off. And I don't know. I mean, maybe you could talk about COVID having something to do with it. You know, Irving took his, her stance on COVID um, wasn't going to get vaccinated. Wasn't going to go through the, you know, play the game and, you know, good kudos for him to standing up for his guns and, and what he believes in. So maybe that changes if he's, you know, on the team the whole year, maybe they would be able to find some sort of chemistry between him, Harden, and Durant at the time at the beginning of the year, if that wasn't the case. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to say, but no, I mean, I think, I think if you go back to the, to the day where, when KD leaves Golden State for Brooklyn and they find out that Irving was going, no, I think at that point you probably could have set like the over under championships at like one and a half or two and a half and had plenty of over action, over money come in on it. I've got to think that outside of beating the Yankees, it may not get much better as a Boston fan than beating that dude because he is such a piece of shit, Irving. I mean, it. The way that he just talked shit and stomped on the logo, they hate that guy so much. So to sweep his ass has got to be uh, has got to be pretty a pretty good feeling. I'm very curious to see how these playoffs go because I think one of the things that makes playoffs compelling is having a team that you want to root against. And I don't know who the bad guy is in these playoffs anymore. Like it's not the Suns, it's not the Bucks. It's not really the the Warriors like Durant left them. And I mean, they've won before, but I don't know that people see the Warriors as like some villain. It's not really the, it's not the heat. So like, who's the it's bad be the, guy? I, it's gotta be the 76ers. I would guess. Is it Harden? Do people just want to see yeah, Harden? Fall on his Harden. <laughs> but Embiid is still likable though. So it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting because, and now you have all these injuries with Booker, like are the Suns really going to just get fucked? because of an injury and it's not even Chris Paul, like that's kind of crazy. So we'll see Um, much more interesting first round than I think I imagined as as a non NBA guy caught myself watching the end of that today. It was, it was really the high level stuff. So 
uh, kudos to the NBA for for having some compelling stuff going on. And we can just um, say, man, I've sent this yeah. to text. Just like we can say kudos to NBA, but like shame on NBA. Like the NBA can be compelling when guys try yeah. hard. Yeah. Like none of us are NBA guys because we could all care less because the players don't care less of the season. Like NBA games for me were unwatchable back in January. I, I remember trying and I was like, I can't watch this. I don't know what's going on. Like no one is exhibiting any effort. I'm enjoying watching basketball. Like it's an enjoyable product when people give a shit and the efforts there and people are trying. So you certainly, you don't see that. I mean, I would be no, I'd be no happier if Ben Simmons never plays a, a minute of basketball again, screw that guy. Like there's some very unlikable people that just don't try very hard. Um, and NBA needs to get that part together to make the regular season watchable. We just talked about Harden. Neil, leave him out of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great point. It is such a huge drop-off from, like, the drama of a fourth quarter in an elimination game in a playoff series to, like, really anything in the regular season. And they, their products really suffer. And they lose touch. They People lose interest because if your regular season is – kind of a dud then people won't well, care the crazy so. thing, like i remember as a kid the teams that were down three you know hardly ever showed up at yeah. game four and this year i mean you've seen three three of them extend i, f- I feel like the nets are the only team that couldn't and, and they were down they one but they at least had they were right there yeah just, yeah. yeah they just can't play defense the, the celtics yeah. are too superior for them yeah Boy, Jason Tatum. Yeah. Uh, nice oh, third over. Nice third pick. Take Lonzo Ball over Jason Tatum. Ooh. Thank you Ouch. for that. Yeah. Forever. He is. I mean, he outplayed Durant and and Kyrie Irving in that game. He is phenomenal. Um, yep. So yeah, good job. Good job, Lakers. I guess last thing uh, for this pod is if anybody wants to watch uh, real playoffs, um, those will start in a week and a half. Uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs are going to be electric. We'll see if those uh, Vegas Golden Knights make it. Um, boy, Kyle, I got to say, watching the Sharks. So the Sharks haven't really had a meaningful game in three years, yeah. at least. And um, and watching them, we, they have nothing to play for. Like, they're out of it. But watching them find something to come back against those assholes and beat them and and put a serious dent in their playoff chances – it, it kind of took me back to like 2016. I was like, man, this is what it feels like when there's like yeah. something on the line and it's exciting. And it was really cool. And uh, I guess shout out to the NHL for creating such a great villain in the Vegas Golden Knights. Cause you had other teams, fan bases and other teams, official Twitter accounts tweeting that they're all sharks fans, just cause everyone wants to see Vegas die. And, uh, and it's pretty funny. So we'll see what happens with the rest of the NHL regular season. We are going to have a, a guest coming up on a uh, very soon pod to talk betting uh, the NHL playoffs. So look forward to that probably next week. And uh, I think that is about it, dads. Anybody got anything else? Joe, you got anything else? I know uh, we kind of lose you with the NBA, but. No, I don't really have a lot. Uh, just, you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to betting on the NHL and uh, hopefully baseball turns around and stops being so square. But 
Yeah, and fuck the NBA. Who cares? <laughs> there you go. Uh, Kyle, Neil, anything else? No, I'm just laughing at Joe's last comment. <laughs> <laughs> Five years ago, I, I would have never agreed. Now I just totally agree with that. But, I mean, to Neil's point, a couple of weeks ago, or I guess just a week ago, I mean, the, the playoffs have actually been fairly entertaining, uh, especially the Wolves-Grizzlies series. That, that's that been my favorite. I'm looking forward to game five tomorrow. Man, the uh, the protesters in Minnesota have been something yeah. else. Yeah, that was amazing. Just seeing this chick get tackled on the court. The security guard just, like, seeing that. 10, 15 seconds ahead. Well, he must have heard him say something. Yeah. Like, he was yeah. on that. He yeah. was like, try it. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Uh, shout out Angel Hernandez. What dude, a bad, that was so what bad. A, dude, I love Kyle Schwarber for that. I love Kyle yeah. Schwarber. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm, okay, I'm not muted. Good. Go. I, I love go. Kyle Schwarber before that, and him doing that was fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. I was dying laughing. That was pretty incredible. Any other, uh, anything else fun happened that we need to recap before we call it a pod? I'll leave one. I got one. I got one stat. Our our boy Doc Rivers, and we know this because he was with LA. Oh no, fifteen and thirty one is a straight up record in games in closeout games. Oh my god! Well, and now he has Harden, who is like the most no show guy yeah. ever in playoff. He had um. People were clowning him on Twitter because he had like seven points for a while in this game. Um, I just don't know how okay, he ended with fifteen, but closeout game with no Fred Van Fleet, like at home. Fade uh, the injury, right? I mean, totally. But the play, I mean, you you got to end that series tonight because you can't you can't yeah. let him playing with that finger. Like that's the more games he plays, the less effective he's going to be. It's only going to get worse every time he catches a ball and takes a hit. <laughs> yeah, that's – I mean, you're what you said earlier about how 3-0 in the first round would typically be that's all she wrote. And, um, it, yeah, it's really interesting what's happened this year with, with some of these teams finding a little bit of life. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, that, that Memphis game, did, is that one resuming tomorrow? Memphis and Minnesota? Yeah, yeah, tomorrow night. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And then I guess a little bit further on the horizon, um, PGA Championship coming up in May. It sounds like did did we did you guys see the Mickelson news that Mickelson is trying to play both the PGA? Well, maybe play both the PGA Championship and Joe. Did you see this too? He's going to try to play the first Saudi event in June. Yep. Should be fun and interesting. And also our boy Tiger applied to play for the PGA, which is nice. That would be pretty incredible. So, all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this episode. Look forward to uh, a couple more guests that we have coming up. If you liked our show, um, subscribe, tell your friends. If you didn't like our show, well, then go fuck yourself. And uh, (laughs) I don't really know what else to say. So, all right. Well, um, and we'll get Chris Duke back soon too. He, uh, he survived his, uh, honeymoon in Hawaii somehow. Um, his wife didn't leave him there, so that's good. And, uh, so other than that for Neil, Kyle and Joe, 
Uh, we will see everyone again next time. We're on Twitter at Fade U Sports. Give us a follow there and follow all our shit. And let's just remind everybody what happens when you bet on poop like Kyle's Arizona Diamondbacks. Just might step in a big turd and slip and then fall in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. is fade you yeah 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 fade you fade the fuck out of you